Let's face it, being a homeschooling mom who also works from home can be pure chaos. As you've probably already noticed, despite the occasional laugh track, life isn't a sitcom and everyday struggles are rarely resolved in 30 minutes with commercial breaks to keep your sanity in check. So the right strategies and mindset are vital for becoming more productive and less overwhelmed with all the things life throws at us. Enter the Simply Freeing Podcast, episodes for the highly passionate, busy, work-at-home, homeschooling mama ready to break away from cultural norms and raise lifelong learners. So let's kick stress to the curb, throw chaos out the door, and order in some peace and simplicity with a cup of coffee or three. Hello, everyone. Today on the podcast, I have Kimberly Amici, a family culture coach, and we are going to talk about getting feedback from your kids and how that can transform your family. So um, hi, Kimberly. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about this topic. I think this is so good because um, like I said earlier, before I hit record, it gets really difficult when you have families with children that are many different ages and everyone has their own opinions and it's hard to, to find out what's going to work best for your family and so that your family feels like they're working as a team. I use that phrase a lot. Like I want my family to feel like we are a team and that we work together but that's really hard to cultivate and it takes a lot of time. So I think this is a great topic. So would do you want to introduce yourself and um, sure. tell us a little bit about your story first? Yeah. So, um, well, I am a wife and a mom of three kiddos. They are um, 15, 17 and about to turn 19. So I've been at this for a little while. (laughs) Um, So basically, um, well, my background is in design and architecture, but I became a stay-at-home mom, started writing online, and was really trying to figure out uh, like who I was online. So I hired a life coach because I thought she was going to answer all my questions and she did not, but she took, gave me something so much greater than that. And that kind of started my journey to start understanding the power of values for myself personally, um, understanding what's important to me, how to find my focus. And um, just over time, as I have understood that principle for myself, I began applying it to families and I began to um, learn about how businesses and organizations and companies create their values how they start to build the culture of their business around what's important to them. And I just started applying all those principles to my home life. And now I help others do the same. So we'll take those same principles that a company or an organization uses, and we go through those steps with families in order to create a culture in order to figure out what do we say yes to? What do we say no to? Who do we want to be as a team? Um, You know, we say around here, Team Amici all the time, um, because we want to operate as a team. We want to have a common goal. And even though we might have different personalities and and might be wired differently and have different interests, we could still operate as um, a unit, as a whole, and work together. I think that there are a lot of skeptical parents out there that have kids that have grown up and there's just a lot of negativity. And I can see people looking or listening to this and thinking, yeah, okay, that would never work for me. Um, So what would you say to somebody that just is kind of feeling like they wanted to throw in the towel and just kind of give up? This is too much. So what do you say? 
Well, you know, I think that there's um, a myth that if we are all different, we can't possibly be on mission together. or We can't possibly be on the same team. And that's not true. Like if you think about sports, you know, I have kids that, that love sports. Um, so I don't know, pick a sport, soccer, lacrosse, baseball. Everybody has a different part that they play on that team. They have different skills. They have different talents. And it takes those differences in order for them to win the game. And even though everyone can't score the points, like I have a goalie, uh, my son's a goalie in soccer and, you know, everybody loves the person that can score the points, but guess what? If you don't have a goalie, like you're going to lose the game. So (laughs) if we can understand, um, like an analogy of sports, you start to go, oh, you know, as a coach, we step in as parents. We are the coach. We are the one that unifies the family. We're the one that understands um, the different weaknesses and strengths that a child has, the different talents and the gifts that they have. And like, how do we work together to utilize that so that we can all benefit together? And so, you know, it is a little bit of work. It does take time for you to step back and say, okay, who, who do I have to work with? How can we all work together? And what what is our common mission and what is our common goal as a family and who do we want to become? You know, one of the things that I ask people when they come on my podcast is what is your family known for? And it's not about like, you know, getting a pat on the back for who you are as a family, but what is it that you want people to take away from their experience from you when they're with you, when they come to your home, when they engage with you, who, you know, how do you show up in the community and getting clarity and focus actually simplifies your life. And so if you feel like this is the thought of this is overwhelming, I guarantee you that if you can get clarity on what's important to you, what your values are, you will actually simplify your life. You'll eliminate decision fatigue. You'll eliminate the confusion that comes along with do I say yes to this? Do I say no to this? You'll stop going with the flow and just doing what everybody else is doing. And, and, and then getting to the end and be like, well, it is what it is. It was what it was. Like I had no control over it. And I, and I think we have so much more power um, than we realize. Mm, yeah. I, I think that that whole idea eliminates people going through life like robots and kids just robotically doing things because yeah. that's what everyone else is doing and following yeah. the crowd. And um, that's so important to me to teach my kids to, to know what their values are and um, to act off of that instead of just mm-hmm. looking around at trying to follow everyone. So yeah. 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 And getting your kids involved in that initial conversation. So when my kids were young, we, got them involved and we sat them down one day and we're like, okay, when you think of this family, what do you think of? When you think of this family, what do you think of? We talked about like different retailers that they, that they knew, you know, like Chipotle and we were in a shopping center. So we started calling out all of these stores, like, well, what are you going to get when you go there? They, they knew. And then they, that conversation led them to understand, oh, well, we don't want to be known for this mom, but we want to be known for this. And I hope when my friends come to my house, they know that we have really good snacks, or I hope that they know we get along and I want them to have fun when they come to our house. Okay. So what does that mean? So you can, for, for parents that are overwhelmed and are like, I can't do this on my own, get your kids involved. Your, your kids will have a say. And this goes to our conversation that we're going to continue to have about feedback. Your kids will have a lot to say about who they want to be and what they want to be known for. They, they're paying more attention than you think they are. And if we think about um, the culture that we live in, where it's very brand driven and very, you know, commercially driven, like, you know, a commercial, they hear that, that, that jingle on TV and they know what brand it is. Like mm-hmm. at a very young age, they can clearly identify um, yeah, branding. So like it, get them involved, let them carry some of <laughs> who you are as a family and some of the culture. They can absolutely do that. Yeah. I have definitely not 
um, discuss that topic with my kids in that way. Like, Mm -hmm. what do you want to be known for as a family? I'm Mm -hmm. already laughing just thinking about some of the comments (laughs) that are going to come come out of them if we do have that conversation. But it's really, it's really interesting. I know for sure we would be known as the one with the um, very small pantry because we don't have a lot of unhealthy snacks. <laughs> they always, they always <laughs> bring that up. They're like, everyone else's pantry is stacked with Cheetos and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, well, you guys are growing up um, with different values on food and we want yeah. to make sure that we stay healthy and they are, you know, yeah. That's always always the thing. They hate the way our pantry is never really fully stocked with. Right. (laughs) But so let's talk about feedback then. So Mm -hmm. how would you um, go about getting feedback from your kids? What does that look like? And Mm -hmm. I know you have a process for that, that you take family through. So, yeah. So initially I, like I said, I think the coaching process kicked this up off for me because I wanted to approach parent parenting with a coaching lens. Like, how do I walk my kids through everything that they need to know? Well, I also want to know like, what kind of home are we creating and what is the environment that they're growing up in? Cause we have blind spots. We, sometimes we think we're doing a great job and we find out, Oh, we're missing it in this area. If anyone's ever gone through a review at work and you're like, Oh, Oh, this is where I need to improve. This is where I can get better. This is how I can work better as a team. So as a, as a, young parent, I was like, I had these questions that I wanted answers to. I wanted to know if there was something that my kids needed for me that I wasn't providing. I wanted to know what they really thought about me as a mom, like what I could do better. Um, I also wanted to know what my kids thought of each other. Like when you guys aren't around me, like, how's your sibling behaving? Like, are they, are they being honest? Are they um, being kind? Are they being compassionate when, you know, when you, when your sibling leaves the house, do they, do you think they represent the family? Are they someone different when they're outside the home than they are inside the home? Like, you know, does, does your behavior reflect our family values? And so we were really open to what our kids had to say, because we knew that if we had feedback from them, that we would be able to have some actionable items that would change our family for the better. And, you know, it, but what's so great about that experience is that it does create a self-awareness for me, right? So when we look at families, there's a lot of things that we bring in from our family of origin or where we grew up, how we grew up, right? We bring these in these things into our family. And a lot of us operate on autopilot, whether it's the way we interact with one another or how we make decisions. And so sometimes we don't know that we're coming from this default place and that we can improve or that it could be different or that it could be better. And so I love this process of giving feedback because it creates self-awareness. It gives us insights into our strengths and weaknesses and And then this process is incredible because it creates language around how we can correct our kids in the future. And it allows for accountability. And as we do this process more and more, and we get feedback from our kids and we let them know that they, that we care about their opinion and their opinion matters, it creates this culture of openness. And so everyone feels like their voice is heard and they're a part of this family, that they're not just sort of, you know, an add-on that they are actually a part of what makes the family tick. And so I got this idea. I said, what if we just sat them down and asked them (laughs) all the things we want to know? And so what I did was I took um, a lot of the things that I do are taken from organizations and businesses. And I took the 360 peer review that organizations do. And I created one for our family. 
And so for us, the process looked like going on what I call a family retreat. And we simply got a hotel room with a group on. It was like 20 minutes from our house, but it had like an indoor pool, an outdoor pool. It was, you know, near a Starbucks so we could get Frappuccinos. It was, you know, near a park where we could go play a game, you know, mini golf move, you know, someplace where we could do all these fun things. So we sort of stacked this weekend of alternating activities and discussions so that we could get the answers that we wanted in a fun environment. And so all of our kids, each of us, mom and dad, and all of our kids, we had an opportunity to fill out this, these questions. And so some of the questions included, you know, what do you like most about the family? What do you like least about the family? Um, what is it that mom and dad are giving you that you need. We also um, ask some questions like, what is it that makes you feel loved? Cause we really wanted to start to identify our kids' love languages mm-hmm. and, you know, the answers that we got for them, especially that first year, they, they, they absolutely surprised us. So one of the things that all of them said, and this was, we pretty much, I think we started it when my kids were six, eight and 10. Um, so they were able to read and they were able to kind of write out their answers. So if you have younger kids, you can completely adapt this for maybe just, you know, you, you ask them the questions, they, they read the answers, but, um, they all said they hated being late and we're always so like frazzled. And I was like, Oh gosh, (laughs) but we were able to go, okay, this is something that we're going to work on. And then we worked on that and that's changed for us as a family. And we've gained credibility in the eyes of our kids because now they know that if they have something that they're concerned about that they don't like, and they come to us, we can put a plan into place. And so another thing that um, really surprised me was with my daughter, she's like, I wish you were just harder on me when it came to my grades, like be a little bit more on top of me. And I was like, oh, oh, she's like, I want you to follow up with me. I want to make sure, I want you to make sure like I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. And I would have never like, yeah, I mean, yes, we want you. Yeah. I mean, yes, we want you to get good grades, but like, I was trying to also give her space. Like I never wanted to be that parent that, you know, insisted on straight A's and like questioned you when you got a 99 on an exam and why didn't you get the extra point? Like I, I didn't want to be that parent. And so I kind of been, you know, was holding sort of their education with a loose hand. I'm like, they're doing well. I'm not going to give them a hard time about it. Um, and I, like, I yeah. think a lot of that comes from the way that you might've been raised, mm-hmm. not wanting to recreate the yeah. way you felt as a kid. And then, but your child might need something completely different and yeah. it's good to ask them. It's so interesting that she said that. Yeah. And then um, part of the assessment was um, we allowed the siblings to rate one another on a scale of one to 10. And so some of the categories have to do with like telling the truth, being easy to talk to, being kind, being compassionate. And again, like this whole process, not only was it, did allow them to give us feedback and each other, and each other feedback, but we could also start to talk about what those things meant and really revisit. Like, of course, you know, what does it look like to be kind? What does it look like to be compassionate? And what's so amazing is that, you know, there was one of my children, she has a tendency to not tell the truth and her siblings totally called her out on it. And she was like, yeah, I know, I know I do that, you know? And so just to be able to have that just to be able to have that, her admit that in an environment where she wasn't in the process of getting in trouble, we could speak into that with like positivity. And it wasn't just us telling her, you know, you shouldn't lie. It was her siblings being like, we don't like when you do that. 
you know, and so she's getting more of a full picture and we're, we're all able to like encourage one another and speak into each other's life and encourage them to grow. And, you know, it was just a fantastic experience that was really received well. Yeah. And communication is often something that we put off because it's uncomfortable, but, mm-hmm. but I like, I like this idea because you created this, this weekend around communication and, mm-hmm. and hopefully it would become more natural where it happens. I would imagine that you starting it in a fun way is kind mm-hmm. of like, um, whoa, what, what is happening? Like, who are we, you know? And then <laughs> from that point on, you would hope that it would change over time. But yeah. my question to you, because we've, we have the same issues with being late, but we've talked about it so many times and we've mm-hmm. made some changes, but what would you say went to that when, when you're discussing, okay, I want to change this. And we've decided as a family that this mm-hmm. has to change, but you mm-hmm. keep failing at it and it keeps yeah. failure keeps happening. Um, what would you say to families that are like, we've tried this. It just doesn't work. Right. So, um, you know, they say that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And so there is a difference as a coach. I have learned the difference between continuing to do the same thing and muscle through and then to completely change the way we approach it. And so, you know, I think it would depend on the situation, the the, the advice and the suggestions I would give. But for me, like being late, I was like, oh, okay. So I had to sit down and I got to the point where I really got on top of our calendar. So when it came time to just this example, I would write down what time it started, what time we had to be there. Cause you know, that's a different time. You know, we were the kind that was like, we'll be there when it starts. Um, what time we had to be there Then I would go and then I would do this for every event on our calendar. I would Google, how long does it take to get to that location? And then I would pad it 10 minutes. So I would tell the kids it's time to leave 10 minutes before I knew we had to leave so that we could be ready by the time we had to walk out that door and then get there. But it took, it took, um, you know, practical steps. How can we change what we're doing? How can we do something differently? And then it took us to do it over and over and like practice. It did take practice. Um, you know, one of the things that we do have as a family is family meetings. So when we're, when we're having an issue that we're not quite succeeding at, we do come together on a regular basis and say, Hey, this is still an issue for us. Does anybody else have any suggestions of how we can do this differently? Does anybody have suggestions how we can do this better? Is there something that I'm not doing that I should be doing more of so that this can happen? And so it's that constant conversation of not giving up and it's, it's practical steps and it's, being patient with yourself and, and realizing that like most of these things, we have to learn a new skill. I had to learn a whole nother time management skill and it takes practice and it takes time. But I would say like crowdsource some, some ideas and, you know, whether it's in within your own family or even online, how, how do other people overcome this obstacle? Yeah. And and that also shows your kids that you really value their opinion this, I mean, and that's so important for them because I think so many kids go through, go through life, just feeling unheard. They just Mm -hmm. feel like the parents are in charge and they just, you know, they get driven to where they need to get driven until they're old enough to drive themselves. And it's just, 
there's no, there's no love, no passion and no happiness in mm-hmm. so many homes just because yeah. everyone's just burnt out yeah. and, and kids. That's why I think so many families dread so many parents dread the teenage years because they haven't established any good habits of mm-hmm. talking and communicating from the time mm-hmm. kids are young. Yeah. Um, so of course the teenagers are going to shut them out. Like I, mm-hmm. I don't feel that way about teenagers. I love, I love yeah. it, you know, and, yeah. and it's, it should be something you should be excited for because you've created that mm-hmm. um, family, you know, bonds and through, through these types of, of um, things that you're talking about. So, yeah. yeah. Um, my other question is um, regarding siblings. I know in the beginning you mentioned that you will have one sibling. You will ask, well, how does your sibling act when they're out of the house? Do you ask those types of questions when you're all together? So, or do you? So you for know, us, they're on these sheets. They're on these discussion okay. sheets, which which takes a little bit, I think, of the pressure off, right? You're not putting, yeah. necessarily putting somebody on the spot. So um, what I like to recommend is you go ahead and you go through the sheet. And so let's just say on a scale of one to five, you're like, they represent our family well, or they're the same person outside the house that they are inside the house. Maybe you raise your sister or two, <laughs> maybe somebody <laughs> else got a four. Um, so what we'll do is we go through. So for example, we'll go out to dinner and everybody will get a sheet. We'll, we'll, we'll order our food. And then while we're waiting for our food, everyone will answer the questions. Then we eat dinner and then maybe over dessert, we'll go around the room and we'll say, okay, so what was your answer? What was your answer? What was your answer? And, or we'll go somebody, you know, we'll change the location and go to a park or whatever. Um, but the, and I've taught my kids too. We want to open up with something that's, we want to be quick and concise. We want to be also be positive, but we also want to, you know, speak the truth in love. So, you know, for example, Ellie, I really like hanging out with you, but sometimes like I gave you a, a two on this because I feel like sometimes you, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's it. We're not like necessarily getting into it. And then she has an opportunity to say something. And then I'll sometimes chime in and be like, yeah, I've really seen that, but I've seen that you also improved in this area. Like it, I think like the the idea of doing it as a sheet and then coming back and kind of giving your quick little, and and with kids, kids can go on and on sometimes. I don't know. Like we had one season where I was like, guys, this is quick. I want one sentence. Why you, why you gave her this rating? Okay, great. Does that sound familiar? Does that resonate with you? Yes. Okay. All right. So now you go like, so everybody, we, we, we structured it in a way that it was like, we would keep the conversation going and then we would go on to the next thing. And, um, yeah, so it wasn't sort of this on the spot. I have to think of it right away. We, we all had a little bit of time to figure out why we like put the number that we put, and then we had a chance to explain it. And then we were always there to sort of, you know, we've never really had to referee, but we do have to bring it back to, yeah, but you know what, you're really good at this and we've seen that. And that's sort of the, like, you know, cause there's always, um, a reciprocal strength to a weakness. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the fact that you are creative means that you may not be as detail oriented, but here's where we see you shine. And, you know, so we kind of help keep the tone pretty like light and fun and helpful. Okay. And um, both you and your husband are on board with this. This is a full team. Do, do they ever feel like 
do you ever, do you think that this, this helps the family become some, sometimes kids tend to ask mom for one thing because they know they'll get one thing from mom mm-hmm. or they'll ask dad for something else. Do you feel like you, you help avoid that type of, of thing happening because of this, because of the team aspect that you've created, um, you still see your kids kind of, Oh, my kids still know who to ask what yeah. for. Oh, okay. for sure. Like, and here's the thing. And, and, and so a lot of the work that I've done, I've done on my own, to be quite honest, my husband's like not against it, but he's also like working, you know, for years, he, he, you know, not recently in the last two years, but he works in Manhattan. So he goes in early and he comes home late. And there were seasons when we didn't see him often. And most of the culture that we've created in our home has become, has become, been because of me. Right. And so, um, he, he's for the stuff that I do, but he's not necessarily in the trenches with me. Right. And so the, you know, to come on here and say, me and my husband, we sit at the table and we are humble and honest and open, and we agree about everything. That's just not true. (laughs) And so, um, it, it does get us on the same page because we're having the same conversation. We're hearing the same conversation. We're getting the same feedback that we're hearing from our kids. Um, but then that there is a time when sometimes when we're having these discussions, they're like, yeah, mom totally lets us get away with that. And you don't <laughs> like, and so there, there is lots of things that are brought to the table. They get spoken about that help get me and my husband on the same page. Um, you know, but for moms out there who were like, I am the one who is carrying this. I am the one who is driving this bus. I just want to encourage you that you, you have so much power in your home and you can drive the culture of your home and you can set the tone for these meetings and you can um, really have a big impact if your husband, for whatever reason, or, or your spouse, it could be the wife is, you know, the job doesn't allow it. They travel a lot or they're just not invested, or this is not the way they grew up or whatever, whatever it is, this can still be beneficial because if your partner is willing to sit in on these conversations, I think that you'd be really surprised the impact, especially, um, the voice of a child. I mean, selfishly, some of the, one of the reasons why I did start this was because I needed my kids to say things and bring things to my husband's attentions that he no longer wanted to hear from me. Like I might've been the nagging wife about this, but when you have your child say the same thing that mom said, but they're saying it differently from a heart of humility and just a childlike desire to tell you what's on their heart. Like, Oh, Oh, I do do that. Don't I? Mm -hmm. And so you know, it really has brought our family together. It's brought us together as a family. Um, And I think like, as the kids get older, it's probably, we have like me and my husband, we have to really be humble, like, you know, to hear what they have to say. That's so good. This is all so good. So tell us how we can get this, um, this questionnaire, because I'd really like to, to take a look at it. Yeah. So um, if you go to buildyourbestfamily.com <laughs> forward slash um, resources, it's on that page. Um, you can scroll down to where the family retreat packet is and they'll take you to the shop. And um, it comes with a sample itinerary. It comes with a packing list, activity suggestions, discussion worksheets. There's digital options so that your kids, if they love their iPhones and their iPads or their, whatever their device they're using, they can fill out these Google forms. And 
And the great thing about that is then all of that content and all of their feedback is there so that year after year, you can go back and see growth. Um, and then there's a sheet in there that talks about like a thought that helps you do a follow-up plan and create accountability. So like when you, when it comes time to revisit that conversation in six months, what are the two or three points we want to come back and visit? And so that is down that you can download that immediately once you get that in the shop. So good. Thank you so much, Kimberly, for coming on and talking about this. I'm really excited to air this episode. I will put everything in the show notes so that anyone listening can take a look at it. Well, thank you so much for having me. Okay, friends, I now have some spots open for homeschooling clarity calls. I know from experience how much your mindset as a homeschooling mom can make or break your homeschool. I also know that if you feel overwhelmed with homeschooling, unfortunately, your kids can sense it. If you're a current homeschooling mom that's feeling overwhelmed or a brand new homeschooling mom on the fence about beginning, these clarity calls are for you. There are so many different options out in the world around homeschooling philosophies, curriculum and scheduling, and it's so common to overthink the way your homeschool is set up because of that. If you find yourself feeling like you want to give up, need someone to help you with accountability, scheduling and organizing your day based on your children's needs in light of your family's priorities, or if you're someone that loves the idea of a laid-back unschooling lifestyle but are struggling with opinionated family members or thoughts of, I'm going to fail them, these clarity calls are designed in a way to give you some major breakthroughs in your mindset and help you take the right actions going forward. Homeschooling is amazing, and if you are feeling anything other than excitement about what the future holds for your kids, I can promise to make homeschooling feel simpler and lighter for you going forward. I will add a link to the show notes with all the details. There will be a questionnaire that you would have to fill out before our call so that I don't waste a moment of your time. And as always, you can email me, Jackie, at whole9family.com with any questions. I'll see you next time, friends.